This is Alan. This is Matt. We are back on the vinyl crawl. This time we are at the hole and drinking the Jesus (laughs) to go with the Mary Chain. Even more Jesus than you. Isn't that what it is? Is it? Even more Jesus. Yeah, even more Jesus. Even more Jesus. Yeah, so this is a uh, this is a twelve percent imperial stout. Double, <laughs> double imperial stout. Imperial double. Good God! Or double, From Evil double Twin Imperial Stout. Okay. From Evil Twin Brewing, out of New York. Is that right? Well, it's so. distributed from New York. I don't know where these guys are out. No, these guys are from South Carolina. Get that right. Um. This stuff is like candy, basically. <laughs> not to not to be too on the nose with the album, but this stuff is great. There, what's the regular Jesus beer called? What's the name of it? Because uh, this is even more. Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's almost like that whole Imperial something and then imperial donut break and then imperial right. so, so they have one like called the jesus or some kind of jesus name and it's just um it's probably like an eight percent or ten percent or something like that maybe yeah that's bothering me <laughs> well, you look it up while i talk then. okay this the pub's got great wi-fi so you should be able to find it fairly yeah. quickly um but this one's a 12 percent. it comes in a pint bottle um double barrel jesus is that what the regular one's called? Double barrel Jesus? So this is even more Jesus. Right. And it it has a it looks like a good stout. Like it has that really nice dark, dark black, dark coffee kind of look to it, with just a little bit of a kind of caramely head to it. Yeah. It smells it very settles down quick. Yeah, though. it smells very sweet. Like like there's a lot of sweet notes on the top, like chocolatey, peanut buttery. How do you describe it, Matt? What's your Brooklyn, New York is where they're based it's, out of. Well, it's, this is where it's distributed on the side. It says Evil Twin Brewing at Westbrook Brewing Company, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Hmm. Maybe this is at one of the remote sites or something. Maybe. But these guys are great. Everything they do is pretty great. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Uh... Almost everything. The Molotov cocktail (laughs) I'm a big fan of. Yep. (laughs) This one, though, I tell you what, Evil Twin really shines on their their stout, their darker beer side. I can vouch for the biscotti break as being one of the best. And the donut, hell yes. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff. For people that are scared of drinking stouts, or a little intimidated by a dark, dark beer, start with one of those because oh, you'll yeah. love it. I, oh, it's great. It's hard for me to think anybody wouldn't love it. There's not much bitter on it at nope. all. Um, it does linger, like the flavor lingers, but it's a, yeah, it's kind of a sweet, true. kind of silky flavor. It's not it's not harsh at all. No. For a 12%, that's not harsh at all. No, and this, this lingers too, you know, but if you like that chocolatey yeah. caramel you know, it's, it's a perfect stout. Like it's yeah. really, really good. Yep. Um, and the album we're talking about today is to go with even more Jesus is even more Jesus in <laughs> yes. the album. 
The Jesus and Mary Chains debut album, Psycho Candy. Yes. It's full. If this is even more Jesus, this is full on Jesus. (laughs) Full on Jesus. It's head on Jesus is what it is. I see what you're doing there. (laughs) So I want to do a quick plug at the beginning for uh, my buddy Ben Vendetta, who wrote a book called Wivenhoe Park that is pretty much like a young man's tale of moving from the States to England for school. And then while he was at school, he did a, um, I can't remember what all he did over there. He was studying something, but this album was kind of his soundtrack to living in England. He went to the, to the pubs, to the clubs, got drunk, got hammered, listened to Psycho Candy and just fell into that whole movie. The book's great. It's called Wivenhoe Park. It's a, it's a short novella, real easy read. It's pretty awesome. I need to read that book. You do. Yeah. I need to, I do. need to let you borrow a copy so you can read it. I'll, uh, we'll swap the, uh, I want my MTV. There we go. Yeah. For, we can swap, we can yeah. trade the books, but, yeah. um, I think his, I'm going to plug it even further. I think his site's called elephant stone. Mm-hmm. He, he self publishes, I believe. And you can buy copies of it there. So I interviewed the guy, super, super nice guy, super knowledgeable. No, the biggest Jesus and Mary Chain fan I think you could ever find. Knows everything about the band. Knows everything about all their albums. Yeah. That's just, that is his group. Wow. So That's awesome. So he kind of got me into Psycho Candy because mm-hmm. I I knew Jesus and Mary Chain. I'm going to bring in my 90s, <laughs> 90s kid stuff here. The Crow was kind of a big deal in the 90s. <laughs> It, it might not hold up so much it was anymore. Big. The movie might not hold up, but the yeah. soundtrack is so phenomenal. This for a nice kid that doesn't know yeah. 80s alternative rock, that is the soundtrack. Yes. You get the cure. Yep. You get um, the cure song Burn, which is one of their greatest songs they ever did. Yeah. Um you get Jesus and Mary Chain, and I can't think of the song they did on there. You get um Rollins band, which is a little more in the 90s, but still still a good jam. Helmets what Rollins song was it? <clears throat> he does a cover. It, well, it's not a cover. I think it's might be his. Ghost Rider. The song's called Ghost Rider. I think it might be his. It's a it's you know, it's Rollins band. It's they all kind of sound it's spoken word over grungy guitar. Right. Um Nine Inch Nails were on there doing a cover of Dead Souls. Joy Division's Dead Souls. Um, Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty, was from the Crow soundtrack, which was huge. Pantera. Um, Pantera. Helmet. Rage Against the Machine. Rage, yeah. It's like the perfect mix of the 80s. It really is. Dark kind of. Isn't My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult on there, too? I think so. So you get that industrial. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying that. That is the perfect way to branch a 90s kids into like yeah. 80s alternative. And Jane Seabury. <laughs> Odd girl out. And then you got that, <laughs> which didn't really fit, but still okay. It still right. sounded pretty yeah. good. So I only knew Jesus and Mary Chain as a kid from that comp. And to be yeah. honest, what song is it that's on there? Does it say? Which um, song? It was Snake Driver, which so that's, is a later. That's a later. That's yeah. probably from... Honey's Dead? Probably. I think. I, I can't remember it's which not album it's stone, on. It's not stoned and dethroned, and it's not, it can't be after stone. The Crow was what, 80 or 93, 2? Yeah, 94 maybe. 94. Yeah. 
So it was, I guess, Honey's Dead? Probably. Hmm. It probably was. Yeah. But that song, I like it a lot now. Yeah. Like, it's a jam now. Yes. But that yeah. song is in no way reflects Psycho Candy. <laughs> I don't know if any of their albums, ref- I mean, this is a wall of... <laughs> a wall of noise. Oh, uh, yes. But it's so good. I, it is. It's it's hard to explain the album because it's so different than anything. I my the best way I could describe it was it's like a listenable version of Lou Reed's Metal Machine music. Yeah. It's that abrasive. And that's a very good if, description. If, if Lou had put some <laughs> steam pipe sounding drum beats on Metal Machine music, you wouldn't be that far off. Yeah. There's there's no bass. The album is all trouble. <laughs> right. It really is. It's all trouble. The guitars are all overdriven and full of feedback. Um the the drum sound is as minimalistic as it gets. I if I remember right, the kit was like a cocktail kit. It was just like a big tom. Yeah. And maybe a snare, maybe. Maybe. And that was about it. Just like banging banging away at those two. Yeah. And I kind of loved the way they mixed the drum sounds on the album because it sounds like a steam pipe. Mm-hmm. When he hits that, it sounds like steam yeah. escaping out of an old, dirty, rusted pipe. It doesn't sound like drums. The guitar doesn't sound like guitar. The drums doesn't sound like drums. And the vocals are almost close to spoken word poetry. Right. And all together mixed. It's a wonderful... It's wonderfully bizarre. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's, but lyrically, uh, the one thing, when you can't understand the lyrics, because it is tough at times because there's oh, so much yeah. feedback going on, but when you can't understand the lyrics, they're really good, and they're really cutting, and they're really of a young man's perspective on things. They're Sometimes they're self-effacing. Sometimes they're projecting like you're a lot bigger person than you really are, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, which is kind of the the gist of the band because it's just three dudes. It's Joe Reed. Oh, there is a bass player on there. I didn't know there was a bass player. They say there is. Yeah, it says so on the back. I, yeah. The only three guys I that I know is Jim Reed and William Reed because that's the two brothers. Yeah. And then and Bobby that's... Gillespie on drums. Right. Because those guys all had different careers later on. Mm-hmm. You know, they all branched out in the other groups. Yeah. But it was always the Reed brothers. The Reed brothers are the big story because. They fought like cats and dogs. Like they were the, they hated each other. Yeah. But yet when they got together to make music, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. That's true. Um, there's a long list of bro- Oasis. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, it's the black crows. Exactly. It's that thing of brothers making really good art together, but being yeah. horrible to each other. Fist fighting on stage, you know, everything just, on stage. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you've always told me if you could go back in time, one band that you would have liked to have seen in this heyday is Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah, I saw them on the Automatic Tour, which was great. Right. You know, but it was not. The danger was gone by that time, though. Probably a little. And here's what's funny is the way that Psycho Candy is and that whole wall of noise and everything the band opening up for them on the automatic tour 
which I saw him at the cannery in Nashville, which is a club that holds about 800. Yeah. Um, the band that opened for him was Nine Inch Nails. Right. Either right before their album came out. Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. I mean, it was. it either had just come out or hadn't come out. Right. But seeing Trent Reznor up there reminded me of early Jesus and Mary Chain because it was white noise and strobe lights and fog machine and him kicking his guitar player to the ground and just full on debauchery on stage. Right. You know, and, and this, this album probably gets as close as you can to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like on and out. If but you, it's still cohesive. It is cohesive. Bit. I have a hard time picking apart songs because well, for one, the normal running le- length is like just a, bu- a bit over two minutes. Yeah. Most of the songs yeah. are like in that same punk ethos of being right between two and three minutes. Right. Um, even some of them are like, like Taste of Cindy's like 142. So even yeah. some are even shorter than that. But it's relentless. The album just keeps punching you in the face. Yeah. It never stops. If you're Every... not ready for it, <laughs> like you'll just, you'll drop the needle. Yeah. And just like Honey. I'm sure you've heard you love it. It's great. And then you get into the living end, about time, taste the floor. Then they might bring you back in with the hardest walk a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, lyrically, it starts getting a little more in depth towards that. But, you and, you know, just like Honey, that's kind of brilliant that they opened with that. They opened with the least like the album. Because just like Honey, while it has that wall of distortion is more like a pop number. Like it's it has, melodic. yeah, I, the way I kind of feel about it, the longer I've listened to it. And I want to say the first time I ever heard it was lost in translation, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. Because that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Just like honey. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're walking away. Yeah. It's the Bill Murray and, uh, Scar Joe walking away yeah. and just like honey, it's perfect. It's absolutely oh, yeah. perfect. That, yeah, that is brilliance in film. And yeah. Merging film and music. Right, because it's almost like they're singing about the character walking away. Yeah, as it's it's brilliant. Um, but I think that was the first time I ever heard the song. To be hmm. honest with you, interesting. Yeah. Um, once again, I grew up in the '90s, sure. and by yeah. that time, nobody was really, you know. It's funny the offshoots of uh, of this band were all over the place. Like, um, what was the Brett Pop group that? Uh, the one or Gillespie was in, he was in, um, what's the name of the group? Primal scream. Oh yeah. Wasn't yeah. Gillespie in that? Uh, maybe. Or was it one of the Reed brothers that was in it? No, it wasn't one of the Reed brothers. I love primal scream. Well, one of the dudes That's is in primal stuff. scream. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So like it all, it all branched out, you know, after this, but I feel like that I didn't hear just like honey very much at all. Like, where would you? And that's, yeah, that's kind of the thing. <laughs> Where would anybody hear Jesus and Mary Chain? The in Crow the soundtrack. That was the only place yeah. I, I ever got it. Somehow, somebody in their management team fought to get them on a soundtrack or something. I want to say his name was Alan McGee. Creation Records, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I want to say that's who, that's who managed them. But I think that's who, who fought for them early on. But so, you know, we always talk about songs we we pick on an album that mm-hmm. we 
I really like the one-two punch at the beginning of Just Like Honey and the Living End. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it starts like a, you know, it starts like a regular, Not a, uh, there's nothing regular about this album, but it starts like a pop song with Just Like Honey and then goes into more like a punk song with Living End, I think. Because the, the distortion, it's like the distortion just keeps, it's like his guitar gets closer to the amp as, yes. the, as the album yeah. goes on. And then towards the fourth and fifth track, you're just getting feedback. It's like you're not even getting chords anymore. You're just getting straight feedback. Right. But it's still all there. Yeah, it it's works. It's like it doesn't go off into a weird tangent or anything. It's all still structurally. Right. Is that a word? Structurally? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it is too. Having structure. Yes. Uh, I don't know. To me... When you listen, when you start this album, you listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't just listen to one side, or oh, I'm gonna hear just like honey, and then that's it. Yeah, it, you have to listen to the whole thing, much like Metal Machine music. <laughs> when you sit well, down, yeah. And you know, I kind of think some of this album is like a fuck you, kind of like Metal Machine music was. Yeah. Or, or wasn't, a challenge or to, wasn't depending on it's how like, you feel about metal machine music. This is us. This is what we do. Can you take it? Yeah, we're we're going to be an anti band. Are you cool with that? Yeah, you know right. that kind of thing. We're not going to record our instruments nice and clean. We're not going to record our vocals nice and loud. We're not. Yeah. We're going to bury the bass so you can't even hear it in the mix. And it was awesome. Yeah, it's great. There's nothing else like it. There no. is no other 80s You're album right. like Psycho Candy. They were, well, and a lot of bands came soon after them, tried to imitate what they were doing. Right. And couldn't come close. Well, and you had like, you know, Sonic Youth has to a, a little bit to Psycho Candy as well. Yeah. Even though they Sonic Youth came out around the same time as Jesus and Mary Chain. I'm pretty sure, like they yeah. were starting up around that same time. Right, they may have been a little earlier. Yeah, maybe. But, but you know, I mean, Daydream Nation, Sister, that we were listening to today. Yeah, similar in that whole noise. True, true. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because you just bought the reunion album. Yes. So. How do you feel about the reunion album? Because you've listened to it, right? Since yeah, a couple so, times. How do you feel about the production on it compared to the production on the the actual release? Totally slick. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I mean, it's what you want. Thirty. You want to let the dog in the pub? I guess I don't. She's know. at the door. You want to let the, her in? I guess the bar manager said yeah. it was okay. Let's, let's let the dog into the pub. All right, easy enough. Okay. So you're saying that the surprisingly the live version is almost like like a slicked up. Well, I mean it. I don't want to say it's not even nostalgic at all either. Right. But this, at that moment in time, the impact that it had on. Well, on me, on the listener, but yet them coming onto the scene and the impact they did to the scene 
maybe it was much like how the Sex Pistols came out mm-hmm. and that whole. And just to give thing. background, the the two brothers fought and pretty much disbanded in yeah. the nineties. Yeah. And then last year, <clears throat> or was it last year? Or year before. Year before, maybe. Okay. Got back. They got back together. Yeah. And actually did some shows where they played Psycho Candy all the way through, beginning to end, as well as some of their other songs. Yeah. And it was beautiful. <clears throat> it's great. It you really listen is. to it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Sounds great. They polished a little bit. Well, what was funny was I read the booklet and the package. The package is great. Oh, man. The vinyl package is yeah. phenomenal. It's well worth the, what, 75 yeah. bucks oh, yeah. it is. Completely worth know. it. But I got to reading through the booklet, and they were talking about how, like, how hard it was for the Reed brothers to find all those effects and stuff they were using. Because sure, how do you make that sound so trashy but yet listenable? Yeah. Like it's an art to make it sound that way. It's not just thrown together. You could, you could try to imitate what they're doing, and you're never going to get that same sound. No. So they were trying to find all these weird Japanese effects, <laughs> like boutique effects they had back in the day, to to recreate that song because they didn't have it anymore. Hell, they trashed their stage half the time yeah, when they were playing. Right. So, but I, I found that interesting that they were trying so hard to <laughs> at least try to like, to get back and they had to, to learn that. the songs again. They haven't played like, what have they played off this album in the last? <laughs> exactly. You what, know. I mean, and this album, they were what, like 20, maybe 18, 20. Yeah. So they're completely different people. To an extent, I don't know. If you read the booklet when they're doing the interview, they fight through the damn interview yeah. too. But uh, for the most part, they were completely different people back then than they are now. And they've gone on to have different careers right. since then. So, I mean, I think when I saw them live, they might have played, they played just like Honey, but they might have played The Hardest Walk and that's it. Yeah. I mean, at that point in their career, they were three albums in. Right. And they're playing most everything off automatic and then you had Darklands, which is another just masterpiece of an album. Yeah. I and I actually I go back to listen to Darklands probably more than I do Psycho Candy, just personally. Oh yeah, I do too. And I listen to Automatic a bunch. Yeah. Too. But don't skip Psycho Candy folks. No. Start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know. It's one of those things where once you once you get, and I think you need to dive into their catalog a little bit to really understand the band. Yeah. You can't, just Psycho Candy is not going to tell you the story of Jesus and Mary Jane. No. It's just no. The, the tip of the iceberg, really, right. for the band. Right. And it, it's kind of like to, and we reference this band a lot, the replacements. Right. You know, you can't immediately go to Tim or Let It Be or Please to Meet Me. You, you know, you got to have Sorry Ma. Yeah, and you can't and judge the band on Sorry Ma. You no, can't no. at all. But you have to go back there to see how everything unfolded. Yeah. Musically and... But I, I love Psycho Candy for what it is. I love the fact that there's really no other 80s albums that can compete with that sound. No. <laughs> Not, nothing else really comes close to it. I think a lot of bands wanted to be Psycho Candy, but I don't think anything really, really came close to it. I mean, no. that that is to me. If you want to define alt rock in the '80s, it's hard to get much more alt rock than Psycho right. Candy. Yeah, and the and thing even about goth rock, you know, it's the true. There's a lot of goth yeah, notes in it too. That's true. 
And this was the stuff, you know, as an MTV kid watching, what was it? it was it 120 minutes, I yeah. guess, first? Yeah. And then Alternative Nation or something. Right. It I changed. don't know, whatever. When Grunge came around, it changed. But that you would sit up and watch the two hours of 120 minutes, and there was all this, this whole other set of music a genre a different genre that i had never even knew existed and it was jesus and mary chain mission uk fields of nephilim and <laughs> i mean who have a new album coming out by the way hey why not why not <laughs> why everybody not? you know yeah so echo and the bunny men you know all that stuff that mtv was not playing during the day but on sunday nights it was like, you know, I remember seeing it was probably, I guess it was just like Honey, the video probably. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's the one with, with the back, with the white backdrop and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Where they just look like they don't give two shits about anything right. going on. Yeah. The single drum. And, yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it makes an impact on mm-hmm. you. And that's a perfect example of, anti-MTV at that time that, you know, smaller is bigger. Right. And, and it worked. Yeah, that was their thing. They didn't want to look like what was going on at the time. They wanted to be something mm-hmm. completely different. And they succeeded. Yeah. Wholeheartedly succeeded. Yep. And then helped to start, you know, the goth movement in the 80s and the industrial movement even to an extent. Like, you know... Nine Inch Nails guitar sound owes a lot to Psycho Candy. Right. That yeah. overly distorted, you know, running chords with the distortion so heavy. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of that in Psycho Candy. And the fact it's, a, this is a great example of the fact that Nine Inch Nails got so popular and Jesus and Mary changes kind of flew under to the same effect of the replacements versus somebody like Soul Asylum. Yeah. You know. They didn't have that one to just really put them up there. Right. But they're a better, but the replacements are a better band. Right. Songwriting and all that, just like Jesus and Mary Chain, I think, is a better band than Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably digging myself in a hole, but. <laughs> That's okay. You know. That's okay. I don't fair. know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's tough to judge that based on the fact that, you know, Reznor always had a rotating list of musicians with him and he's. Yeah. He's kept it together so many more years than the Mary Chain True. did. True. But I love the album. I think it's a pillar in 80s alt rock. I think it's a pillar in in the alt rock scene to come in the 90s, 2000s, and what we have now. Yeah. You can't have what we have now without that. It's a must-have album for people to own just as a historical benchmark. In fact, I just heard, on that note, I just heard a interview with Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie probably a month or so ago where he cited Darklands as being the inspiration for transatlanticism. I think oh, their wow. big album, he said they pretty much used Darklands as a Bible. Like that was all they listened to. They thought, and they, he still loves it, but he said yeah. like at the time it was like the greatest thing he'd ever heard in his life. And yeah. he just kind of worshiped it. So that right there is a testament to the indie scene you have now. owes a great debt to the alt scene you had of the eighties the alt-rock scene.